Hey watchers, this movie features a monumental movie in sports film history. Spawning two sequels and in general raising the bar for feel-good underdog movies, it truly stands out in the relatively small sports genre of hockey movies. So lace up your skates and grab your stick, cause it's time for the 1992 sports dramedy, The Mighty Ducks. Welcome to the Midnight Watch Podcast, the show where we discuss classic, cult, and modern classic movies. We're your hosts, Jeremy and Josh Baruto, and we review movies that are at least 10 years old. Fair warning, we're big on spoilers here, straight from the get-go. We rate these movies in four categories. Number one, the level of impact and success it had when it was released. Number two, how relevant is it today? Number three, our own personal enjoyment of this movie. And number four, is it a Midnight Watch? What is a Midnight Watch? It's a film which completely captures your attention, drawing you in. No matter what time or what part you start watching the movie, you have to finish it. All right, everyone. Welcome to the show. This is uh, Josh. Jeremy couldn't be here today because he's got a newborn in the house, and he was having a heck of a week. He and his wife were very low on sleep, and it was just a crazy week for them. So I am flying solo, but... That is all right, because I've got my my good buddy here on with me today, who I've been waiting to get on the show for a while. Please let me introduce Dustin Smith, also known as Bones, who up until recently has been the Nashville Predators emergency goalie. He is a up-and-coming YouTuber with what I would consider the successful Bonesy TV channel, which is kind of all things hockey goalie related. And uh, he's also sponsored by the Tennessee Hockey Company, which is a hockey enthusiast apparel online store. That sound about right? Oh yeah, dude! What an intro! Like, hey. holy cow! <laughs> Talk about a welcome to the show. Yeah, man. Super pumped to have you on. Yeah, man. I'm excited. So uh, today we're talking about the Mighty Ducks, and when I talked to you about this, geez, like months ago, I think. Oh yeah. Uh, we're just kind of kicking around the idea of like what movie inspired you to get into hockey back when you were a kid how old were you when you started playing well i i didn't start playing hockey until i moved to tennessee from san diego i think i was like 10 11 years old but um you know living in san diego i'd always wanted to play hockey but there was just no ice rinks or even any roller rinks nearby so um you know mighty ducks was really kind of that thing that got me into hockey in the first place and it was kind of this built-up tension till i uh, finally moved here to nashville nice and then there were just more places to skate when you got here right yeah like i i had moved to mount juliet and there was an old roller rink um down the road from where i lived and it was this like very rinky dink like like the rink wasn't even the shape of a hockey rink it was just so oddly shaped but um like roller hockey was pretty big there and that's kind of where i, right. I started playing Awesome. Yeah, this movie well, came out in 92, so it was definitely... I was like the perfect age um, as well when this movie came out. Um, it was definitely geared towards... And I think the kids in the movie are supposed to be somewhere in their, like, I don't know, 12, 13, maybe oh, 14. Oh, yeah, dude. That caught me right in and the childhood. Yeah, so same for me. And then the, the next, the year after this came out was when uh, The Sandlot came out, which is one of my absolute favorite, to this day, one of my favorite movies. And definitely when I was a kid, I thought it was, you know, the coolest movie. Um, 
And the same as you. I mean, I was super into roller hockey. Well, street hockey. Uh, I never got to play in a rink or anything. But yeah. it was, uh, I remember one Christmas we all got, me and my siblings got roller blades and hockey sticks. And then it was just game on always after that. Yeah. It was just well, they're growing up in San Diego, games. like, especially in the 90s there, like, rollerblading became pretty popular. And, you know, me and my brother had rollerblades, too. So we had the street hockey sets in the backyards. We were, we were cruising nice. around uh, playing street hockey back there. Nice. Give me, uh, give me a little info on you were the emergency goalie for the Preds, and then COVID happened, and that kind of changed some things. Yeah, right. I mean, of course, it changed a lot of things for a lot of people, but the NHL had the emergency goalie rule where they basically had a house emergency option if, um, whether it's the home team, the away team, if a player got injured during the game, a guy like me would go downstairs, get dressed, and serve as the emergency goalie. And then if the backup ends up getting hurt, then uh, then I'm the guy. You're going in. Oh, yeah. Very cool. And give us a little info on Bonesy TV, which you got cracking on that. Dude, it's, it's been a, an, a project I've been wanting to do for a long time. And I've kind of been talking myself into it, talking myself out of it. And then finally, I decided to kind of jump into it. And it's just been this really fun way to i guess express my goalie nerdness and uh you know talk <laughs> about a lot of goalie specific things mostly just gear stuff but um you know i got some coaching stuff going on in there and then of course i've been sprinkling in some fun vintage stuff too so uh, a lot of a lot of fun yes. things going on there yeah i can't wait to talk about some of the vintage stuff they got going on in uh this mighty ducks movie oh yeah dude there's a lot of stuff that i want to talk about too because you know awesome. i ended up watching it the other day so there's, there's it's fresh awesome and i i rewatched it as well i hadn't sat down and, and watched it straight through in in years even though i've seen it you know quite a few times and then i also as soon as that ended i just watched the second one mighty ducks i haven't watched the second one again yet it was kind of that, that just one was also glove. a really good movie. Like as far as the sequel goes, I feel like that one kind of broke the the I guess the stigma of the the second in a series is usually for not real. as good. I yeah. thought the second one was pretty great. I remember being super super pumped about that that second movie. Um, there were, <laughs> to the point where also like my first like real crush at that time like i was dying to like take her to go see that movie because to me it would have been perfect to see <laughs> that movie with this girl that i like and it yeah. just, i would have would have died and been the happiest kid ever but <laughs> anyways uh all right well let's let's jump into all this fortunately i got a lot of talking to do here and uh bear with me you know take a nap get some coffee whatever you know oh yeah of course <laughs> okay so here's some quick facts to to start off with this uh was put out by walt disney pictures uh, it was released on October 2nd, 1992. It had a, well, here's a, a little bit of a controversy, as Jimmy Fallon says. Uh, <laughs> online, <laughs> it was showing, my brother uh, also was trying to find this info as well, but some places say the budget was $10 million to make the movie, and then the other number is $14 million. Um, That's still a lot of money. It's a lot of money, but at the same time, the big number is the total box office, um, when it was all said and done, was $50.8 million. So either way, Disney they, did pretty well for themselves. They did I. They did I. Ma made, made some money. And then the other cool thing I noticed was uh, when it released on a home video after its its theater run, it made $54 million in home video rentals when it released oh, to VHS. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was a big deal back then. Yeah. So they absolutely crushed it with that one. 
Uh, let's see. This movie inspired two sequels, an animated series, and then now they're doing a live-action series called The Mighty Ducks Game Changers, which it's funny. I thought it was another movie, but it's a show. So Right. It's probably better because we, you know, this is the golden age of television right now. So <laughs> it's oh, yeah. And Disney good. seems to like to do the, uh, the series instead of the movies now. Yeah, exactly. It's just that's how they make the money. Uh, that's coming out on Disney Plus, and actually, it's going to release right around the time when this episode drops. Perfect. So, uh, how isn't that a coincidence? <laughs> uh, okay, it was directed by Stephen Herrick, produced by John Avnet and Jordan Kerner, and starring the great Amelia Estevez, uh, Joss Acklin, Lane Smith, Heidi King, Joshua Jackson, Eldon Henson, Matt Daughtry, Brandon Quinton Adams, Aaron Schwartz, Marguerite Moreau, and Jesse Smollett. And uh, it was written by Stephen Brill. The score was composed by David Newman, who, side note, is the cousin of Randy Newman, the guy that did the music for, like, Toy Story and Bugs Life. Um, Just runs in the family, I guess, huh? Because, like, uh, that was a good, um, like, the music was great. Like, Mm -hmm. you feel inspirational watching these kids uh, bash the hell out of each other. Yeah, I know. You're seriously like, let's go out and play. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) It it's yeah, super emotional. Gets you absolutely pumped. Uh, Let's see the reviews. Uh, The critics weren't terribly excited about it. Roger Ebert gave it um, kind of a lukewarm two uh, two stars. Uh, And even right now, Rotten Tomatoes has it at 23% on the tomato meter, while the audience score is at 65%. But then this is when I like Google users put this film at 88% for likability. Well, so, they probably play hockey, so. Right. I, I feel like and if you uh, ask a hockey community, like, they're going to say it's 100% the best movie they've ever seen in their life. Maybe not the best movie they've ever seen in their life, but it's definitely up there. Sure. And as far as, like, a sports movie goes, I mean, I feel like this is absolutely a groundbreaking sports movie. Not just for kids, but, I mean, even, you know, for yeah. adults. I think it took it to another level. And with that, uh, I'm going to jump into the synopsis. Uh, Once again, thank you, Wikipedia, for doing the heavy lifting here. (laughs) And uh, here we go. Gordon Bombay is an arrogant but successful Minneapolis defense attorney. After his 30th successful case, he celebrates by going out drinking, but is arrested for drunk driving and sentenced to 500 hours of community service by coaching the local District 5 Peewee hockey team. Bombay has an unpleasant history with the sport. As a youth in 1973, he was the Hawks' star player, but struggling with the loss of his father, he missed a penalty shot in the championship game, disappointing his hyper-competitive coach, Jack Riley. The Hawks went on to lose in overtime, becoming one of their only championship defeats. Bombay meets the District 5 team and realizes the children have no practice facility, equipment, or ability. Their first game with Bombay at the helm is against the Hawks. Riley is still the Hawks' head coach, and despite a nearly unbroken championship streak, remains bitter about Gordon's missed penalty shot. District 5 is soundly defeated as Riley demands the Hawks run up the score. Bombay berates the team for not listening to him, and the players challenge his authority. For the next match, Bombay tries to teach his team how to dive and draw penalties, which results in another loss, this time to the Jets, angering the team further. Specifically, one player, Charlie Conway, who refuses to take an inj- or fake an injury like Bombay instructed him to. Bombay visits his old mentor, Hans, who owns a nearby sporting goods store and was in attendance at the game against the Hawks. While there, Bombay recalls that he quit playing hockey after losing his father four months before the championship game and because Riley blamed him for the loss due to the missed penalty shot. 
Hans encourages him to rekindle his childhood passion for the sport by skating in a frozen pond like he did when he was a kid. Realizing the error of his ways, he apologizes to Charlie and his mother at their home. Bombay approaches his boss, Gerald Duxworth, to sponsor the team, allowing them to purchase professional-grade equipment as opposed to the makeshift equipment they had and give Bombay time to teach the players fundamentals. Renamed the Ducks after Duxworth, the team fights its next game against the Cardinals to a tie. They recruit three new players, figure skating siblings Tommy and Tammy Duncan and slapshot specialist and enforcer Fulton Reed. The potential of Charlie coaches catches sorry, Bombay's eye. He takes Charlie under his wing and teaches him some of the tactics he used playing with the Hawks. Bombay learns that due to redistricting, the Hawks star player Adam Banks lives in District 5 and should be playing for the Ducks and threatens Riley into transferring Banks to the Ducks. After overhearing an out-of-context quote about the team, most of the players walk out, except Charlie and Fulton, who form a strong friendship, resulting in a loss on forfeit to the Flames. The Ducks lose faith in Bombay and revert to their old habits, except Charlie and Fulton. Ducksworth makes a deal with Riley for the Hawks to keep Banks, which Bombay, although initially tempted, refuses on the principles of fair play, which Duckworth uh, berated him about when he started his community service. Left with the choice of letting his team down or being fired from his job, he takes the latter. Bombay manages to uh, regain his players' trust after they win a crucial match against the Huskies in order to qualify for the playoffs. And Banks, who decided to play with the Ducks rather than not play hockey at all, proves to be an asset, though Jesse doesn't trust him. The Ducks march through the playoffs with wins against the Hornets and the Cardinals, reaching the championship game against the Hawks. Riley orders his team to injure Banks to force him out of the game. In spite of this, the Ducks manage to tie late in the final period, and Charlie is tripped by a Hawks player as time expires. In precisely the same situation Bombay faced in his youth, Charlie prepares for a game-deciding penalty shot. In stark contrast to Riley, who told Bombay that if he missed, he was letting everyone down, Bombay tells Charlie to take his best shot and that he will believe in him no matter what. Inspired, Charlie fakes out the goalie with a triple deke Bombay taught him and scores, winning the state championship. The Ducks players and their families race onto the ice in jubilation, where Bombay thanks Hans for his belief in him, and Hans tells Bombay he's proud of him. As Gordon is handed and raises the championship, championship trophy, the team all rally around him and chant Ducks repeatedly in triumphant unison. Some days later, Bombay boards a bus to a minor league tryout secured for him by the NHL's uh, Basil McRae, of the Minnesota uh, North Stars, who played peewee hockey with him as a youth. Although daunted at the prospect of going up against younger players, he receives the same words of encouragement and advice from the Ducks he had given them, promising to return next season to defend their title. That was a lot. That's so, a lot. I just relived, there you the, go. relived that entire movie all over again. I know. Again. You know what? I got to say, because uh, I'm usually pretty lazy and we always use Wikipedia for the synopsis on, yeah. on the show here, that was probably the best synopsis. I mean, that was literally <laughs> the whole that was movie. The movie. <laughs> like, as you're going through, I'm I'm reliving all, like, the quotes that I forgot that I knew. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of good yeah. one-liners in that one. And I, like, going through and watching it, I watch it with my girlfriend, Olivia, and, and I'm like, you know, like, when you're quoting, and, like, before the line even comes up, you're saying it, yeah. and, like, it's like, oh, wow, I'm doing that way too much right now. I need to pump the brakes right. on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially if you're watching with somebody who maybe hasn't seen it as much or never seen it. I yeah, mean, that's, that's right. super annoying. <laughs> yeah, no, I was, that was uh, that was the movie right there. Yeah. So there you go. If you haven't seen the movie, you'll have an idea of what we're talking about. <laughs> so I got to say, bro, one of the first things I saw as the movie kicks in, it's a, it's the flashback to Gordon, you know, 
all that pressure. He's got to have the, you know, the game-winning penalty shot. Super important. And, like, by the way, it's still very 80s style. I mean, it's like, you know, the dramatic lighting, the kind of haze in the atmosphere. And yeah, just the line the coach says, like, you're not only letting me down, you're letting your team down. Right. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> just no pressure. So much. Oh, my gosh. But the thing that I love, though, and you had to have seen this, that goalie, the gear that he was wearing. Dude, I was eyeballing the hell out of that. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, class. very accurate. Oh uh, yeah, that seemed very like it. accurate. I was I was super impressed with the gear. I mean, even through Goldberg. Which, by the way, I'll, I'll bring up more about Goldberg later. But oh yeah, dude, um, I can't wait to get all the all the yeah. Goalie just stuff that opening scene, I was like, I mean, as a kid, like that's intimidating. Right. Yeah. E- even absolutely. though like that that goalie didn't really have much protection, and like he was probably also scared, but like he looks really right. intimidating. <laughs> and which I think they really wanted to do for the movie, but they they absolutely nailed that. Right. But I love that he's got that super old school uh, goalie mask on, you know, yep. like the Jason Voorhees, um, <laughs> you know, mask. The old face um, mask. Yeah. And he's got the leather gear on, you know, the leather leg pads and everything. Which Do you have the leather pair like that? Yeah, I got the old school, uh, the vintage leather leg pads and the, leg, the, uh, the leather gloves and everything. Oh, man. That's good stuff. Uh, let's see. What was something else that... Um, oh, I did think it was kind of interesting. Um, so the whole... Uh, Gordon gets a DUI, and it totally just made me immediately think of Charlie Sheen. Yeah, um, Emilio's well, being you know, like real life it, brother. <laughs> right? Yeah, watching it as an adult though was like a little different because like he's like I forgot the line. He said he slurs when the officer's talking to him, and it's like, right. damn, you got a DUI, bro. That sucks. Right. <laughs> <laughs> as a kid, you're just like, oh, I got pulled over, and I guess he's in trouble. Right. All right. Like, he was drinking. I don't really get it. But, right. Okay. Uh, I did love that Z28 Camaro he was driving. That was oh, yeah, of course. definitely pretty sick. Just blasting some music. And then, like, moving on, um, and then it kind of jumps ahead to where the kids are um, playing that prank, where they find that purse, and then they're following that dog around. Or, no, they yes. feed the dog. They get the dog to, you know, take a dump, and then they shovel that into the purse. Yeah. And put the dollar there and i just remember like as a kid i just remember thinking like why would you waste the dollar like yeah right <laughs> that's a whole dollar <laughs> just everything you would do for a prank but the the part where the guy ends up slipping you know hits the hits his nuts on the um the the plank or whatever and his his right. voice goes to that high pitch thing like <laughs> such a classic yeah. gag yeah absolutely i mean it's nut shots man they're funny as a kid they're funny as an adult we can uh, do yeah. And I also love Averman, uh, like the nerdy kid with the glasses. He was, uh, he had that cool, uh, like early 90s Sharks sweatshirt on. Yeah. Which, yeah, say what you will, whatever team you pull for, uh, you know, the Sharks had probably the coolest looking gear in the early 90s, I would say. Yeah. The teal was definitely a, like a fresh new look. They yeah. still have like some, the, the all black jerseys they have are sick. Yes. I definitely agree. Yeah, I, I always, I mean, because I grew up in, in Northern California, North, you know, the North Bay. Sharks were, I guess, South Bay technically. But anyways, um, that was the team in Northern California. So I, I kind of, I mean, I knew who they were. I've always liked hockey, but I've never, I've actually still never been to a game. Um, I've watched, you know, plenty of games on TV and whatnot. Dude, we got to get um, you to a game. I know, man. I got to go. Apparently, it was super easy to go to a Preds game back when they first started, and they sucked. It was like oh, they were giving yeah, away dude. tickets. <laughs> yeah, I remember, you know, I would get phone calls from, um, you know, I had some friends at work, like the ice crew, they go out and shovel out the snow off the ice during TV timeouts, and 
I would get phone calls from them like maybe an hour before the games and they'd say like, hey, we got seven tickets. Do you want them? I'm like, what? I don't even have seven friends. <laughs> like, whatever. Oh, that's awesome. I know Jeremy wanted to say, and I've, I've heard this from a lot of people. Um, oh, let me get, he sent me a few notes. But the thing, yeah, scrolling through. Okay, so yeah, he and his wife went to a Drillers hockey game, which I, I think is a, um, well, it's minor league. I don't know what level they are. Um, but in Tulsa and like absolutely loved it. Um, said it was so much fun dying to go again. And I've heard that, um, from a lot of people that aren't even sports fans, but they go out of all the different live sports to go to, they'll go to a hockey game and like fall in love because the action is so fast paced. It's just loud. Usually the seating, I think kind of draws you in. Yeah. The, I feel like the game translates better live than it does on TV. I feel like football is kind of a better sport to watch on TV. Whereas hockey is definitely the opposite. Like it's, it's kind of hard to really appreciate the game from, um, from TV, but you go to the game, you get to see everything. And, um, it it really does just kind of become a totally different sport. I, uh, I have heard that so much and I am dying to go to a game. Cause I mean, I think a little bit just from playing street hockey so much as a kid, um, it just, you know, helped you appreciate what you're watching, you know, and then of course the mighty ducks back to the movie. <laughs> I thought this was hilarious, but Fulton, the, the big dude, who's got like the killer slap shot. Oh yeah. You know, the, the bad, the bad boy kind of guy. <laughs> well, he ends up being, uh, the lawyer, uh, froggy Nelson on daredevil, the show on Netflix. No way. That's him. No way. Yeah. The, like, Ironically the nerdy... enough, he becomes a lawyer. <laughs> Right, and the nerd, like the yeah, total right. kind of pushover, kind of fluffy, the opposite. You know, nerd. Like the, the funny absolute. thing throughout the entire movie is that these are peewee kids, and right. like you know they show the scenes of them playing the games and stuff like that, and it's just them smashing the hell out of each other. Like they're just right. hitting each other left and right, and I'm like, why didn't you put the big kid and just have him run everybody over? <laughs> and it's like game know. over. You know what I mean? Right. Even though he couldn't skate, you'd think he would just, like, plow through everyone. Right. Speaking of that, I just felt like, as I'm watching the movie, I feel like there were a ton of illegal hits going on. Just, like, so many rough hits and, like, hitting somebody from the back and taking them down. Yeah. There were Uh, some that I was, like, kind of trying to see, like, oh, like, what kind of penalties they have and stuff like that. And for the most part, a lot of them were actually, like, kind of clean, but some were definitely, like, dude, what? Like, what? Right. Right. You can't do that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so i remember being i was always impressed like i thought man these kids seem to skate pretty well and i thought maybe a lot of them had you know previous experience it turns out like none of them i guess really did and so they set up really? like yeah they set up like a camp for them before the you know before filming the movie and it was like a total boot camp for like a month but whatever coaches they had for that were i think pretty pretty dang good because yeah I mean, it they definitely sold believable. the parts in the beginning when they were like, oh, we're terrible. We don't know how to play. Right. But right. they definitely like, you know, as the movie progresses, so does their skill. I mean, obviously, that's kind of, you know, the whole premise of the movie where uh, they get decent coaching. But right. hold on. I, I do want to say. So the beginning of the movie, Goldberg yes. playing goalie, he doesn't want to stop a puck. And I do not blame him because this guy has magazines stripped to his legs. I'm right. like, what are you doing, kid? <laughs> he has literally no pads on, like, right. anything. So no wonder he's like, yeah, just go. Just please, just score. Right, right. Yeah, I would, uh, I cannot feel good to take a, a puck, you know, a direct hit. No. 
No, it, it sucks. <laughs> like, like wearing all this vintage gear that I, you know, I just kind of got into the whole vintage thing recently. And like the level of appreciation for the position has just like gone up exponentially. Cause I mean, that old school stuff really doesn't offer too much protection. Yeah, I would. I would yeah. So that definitely um, speaks to the caliber of goalies from the past. Just, right. Yeah. Just tough as nails to take a beating like that and just sit there and, <laughs> you know, Good Lord. I think this, this movie is kind of cool too. Um, Joshua Jackson, who plays Charlie, I didn't really realize this till a lot later, but you know, he goes on and plays a, a main character on Dawson's Creek, the no character way. Pacey. Yeah. And then, uh, do you remember that show fringe on, it was on Fox back in like the early 2000s. I, I never I actually watched it, but you know what I'm talking about though? Yeah. 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 So it's a sci-fi show and he's like the lead guy in that one as well. Charlie is. Yeah. Look at so you, Charlie. All right. I know. Went on to do some some good work. And then there's only two black kids on the team. And the one kid who's like the, you know, the probably their technically their best player on the team, Jesse, uh, he ends up going and being in the Sandlot, which came out the next year. Oh, that's he's, right. Yeah. He's the pitcher. Yep. Which was awesome. And then of course, then a little side note here, going into the second movie when D two came out and they bring in you know, the Hispanic kid who's the Latino kid who's like the super fast kid. Who also well, can't stop for some reason. Right, which is, right, that was just bizarre to be that good at skating. Yeah, ha- right. Have enough talent and then you can't stop. Anyways, and he's Benny, you know, like the best kid on That's the right. Sandlot baseball team in that movie. So I just... Their stock two, was high. Oh, dude, absolutely. I mean, as far as like just crushing it with these sports movies and then just these great characters but anyways uh the kid that plays jesse his younger brother who's in this first movie jesse smollett he ended up being on that show empire you remember that one about the rap mogul family no it was on fox no not familiar with that one no okay it was kind of a big show yes kind of a big deal you probably should have watched it but (laughs) you didn't so whatever (laughs) so you know it's cool a little homework for you when you're uh, when you're done here yeah right um but he ends up being one of the main characters on that show. And then also I found out that kid grew up in Santa Rosa, which is the town that I grew up in as a kid. Really? Which, I mean, dude, it's, it's well, it was super white out there. It was just white people and brown people. So <laughs> the fact that, I mean, I knew one black kid growing up. There just there was just no black people there and it wasn't time, it which, wasn't him it wasn't the uh no it wasn't him the little brother well, actually yeah i think the kid i knew his name was avery so yeah not him <laughs> that close any anyways little little side note there and then um i was i didn't realize this but the ducks hockey team you know the nhl team yeah started out as the mighty ducks and disney actually owned the team and that's they why the they team? called they owned the team for no the first, uh, I'd say I got the, I got the date here. They were named after the movie uh, because it was owned by Disney. Let's see. They owned him from, actually, I, I didn't put that part down. Anyways, whenever they first were founded until the 2005-06 season, and that's when they sold the team, and then they dropped the mighty part, and they just became the Ducks. But Yeah, um, dude, I, I remember when they came out, like, announced the team and everything like that i was pumped because of the movies mm. obviously and i was like man like this is i had like posters and stuff right i mean talk about a cool factor for a team that i mean it's almost like they didn't even have to prove themselves they were automatically like a, a celebrity level team yeah right but i guess bob Iger, the ceo of disney at the time i guess his kids played hockey 
And that's kind of what inspired them doing the movie in the first place. And then I think also just he was just into hockey at that point. So he bought bought a team, you know, CEOs. Not a big deal. Not a big deal. You know, let's just go buy a team. <laughs> let's see. Oh, and then my brother found this little uh, little tidbit. So Adam Banks in the movie, the, the good player from the Hawks who gets absorbed into the Ducks because of the mm. rezoning situation. Mm. So they keep calling him a cake eater. So I guess this term is actually well known throughout Minnesota, which is where the, the story takes place. And it refers to people who live in the city of Adena, a suburb of Minneapolis. And a cake eater is saying this is a person who is so rich they can have their cake and eat it too. Yep. So, I actually had to look that up too because I remember <laughs> I remember like hearing it growing up like, yeah, I don't know what that means, but whatever. <laughs> right. I know it's I know it's a dig. I know yeah, it's mean right. to that person. <laughs> but yeah, looking it up, I was like, all right, that makes sense. That's crazy. It was like an actually Minnesota specific, you know, slur, not a slur, but, you know, something disrespectful to say. Yeah, right. And then also uh, my brother found out that the original premise of the Mighty Ducks was like a really darker version of the story with very little comedy. It was about an ex NHL player who turned into an alcoholic who seeks revenge on his old coach by coaching opposite him. So the main idea stayed when Disney bought the rights to the movie but then they changed some of the elements, such as Bombay. He's now a lawyer. He's never played in the NHL, but he has to do the whole community service for a DUI, including much more emphasis on comedy and downplaying most of the adult themes. So that that definitely changes the vibe of the movie yeah. drastically. That would actually definitely be kind of cool to have like a like a darker tone version right. of the Mighty Ducks. Well, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, everybody loves doing remakes, reboots this yeah, year. Yeah, true. Or not this year, but this time period, you know, in, in film history. So wouldn't surprise me if down the road they're like, let's just reboot it and it's going to be this dark version. Yeah. We'll bring in Adam Banks. He still loves right. hockey, but he's burned right. by it or something like that. <laughs> by the way, Adam Banks has one of my favorite lines from the whole movie when he's standing in the locker room in front of his new team. And, and he's like, whatever, I'm just here to play hockey. Like yeah. he just loves hockey so much that he's like willing to just like ditch his old team full of his friends and like really try to make it in this new room even though everyone in there hated his guts yeah yeah that's that's passion man i mean i i know i mean i never felt that way about sports per se as a kid but i know when i started playing music um like in high school i mean i definitely felt that kind of passion for something where it was like this is all that matters in life yeah right i mean literally ditch your friends and you know for the pursuit of this one thing that you love so <laughs> yeah that's that's pretty awesome that they uh, they kept that part in there as you know seeing that in him. Um, I had a question. The goalie warm up in that first game. Do you remember? You know what I'm talking about? I th I think so. So the goalie warm up where and I, if I remember correctly, I think he still had the old gear on, like the <laughs> magazines as shin guards, you know, strapped to his knees and. Oh, you're talking about in the practice when they strapped him to the the net. Yeah. Like how so, that's, that's actually a different another question I had, but like, have you ever, was that a thing to try to break a goalie of like? Like no, not at all. Okay. Like no, you don't that strap like your kid to a net and just have everyone <laughs> chuck pucks at him. But I mean, it really did um, deliver the message to the goalie that you know you have gear on now and you're protected so they don't right. hurt. Which I think is a big right. thing for any goalie to like go through and realize, like, oh, you're well protected and you need to like. Like your job is to get in front of the puck and like basically right. put yourself in harm's way. But, you know, if you don't have that fear of getting hurt, you're obviously going to play a little better. True. I mean, would you say there's also a degree of, well, I mean, 
obviously the good ones have to have some natural talent. You can't, you kind of have to be a little bit fearless, I'd imagine. Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. Not be afraid to throw yourself in front of a speeding projectile. Yeah, there. Honestly, there's some times where I kind of have to remind myself, like, yo, like, don't be scared. Like, get in, get in there. Like, get your face in front right. of this thing. Like, every once in a while, you have to kind of remind yourself a little bit. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I'd imagine even now you see somebody bearing down on you and just putting it all behind that puck. That's yeah. It's got to be a little, little daunting. But then also, I'd assume sometimes you're so pumped up from adrenaline, you're just coming, you know, just like, give it to me. Oh, right. Dude, I, I actually put my vintage gear on a couple weeks ago, and I thought it was going to be just like a casual whatever. And it would be in like, uh, there was one guy, Cody Hodgson, who used to play for the Preds, a couple other guys that played, um, you know, college and stuff like that. I've never been scared of a puck, but like, I was terrified. Because wow. like, I took a couple to like the hands, my hands were bruised up, I could take a couple to, like to the chest, I'm like, oh my god, no, not again, don't come back. <laughs> oh, wow. And you were wearing the old gear, the vintage yeah. gear for that? Yeah. Was your, yeah. your new gear? any better as far as like i might assume the padding and whatnot would be a little better for taking oh that? dude i wouldn't have felt a, a thing i would have been okay cruising just fine but yeah the, the the old stuff like like i said whole new level of respect for guys that wore that craziness all right here's a couple other little uh trivia tidbits so um charlie sheen was actually uh, Emilio estevez's real life brother was actually uh the one of the first people offered the role of playing uh gordon bombay no uh, way. He t- yeah, he turned it down. And then another actor considered for the role was Bill Murray. Which yes, that would have been hilarious. It really would have. It would have changed the dynamic um, a lot, but I don't think I'd been mad at that. No. <laughs> uh, uh, although, uh, you know, Emilio Estevez was pretty solid. Oh, absolutely. You're right. I mean, it's kind of hard to imagine anyone else doing it now. I mean, he was a great well-known actor at the time too i mean he definitely wasn't a i would say a last resort kind of a pick for the role right uh he definitely had some other great movies you know under his belt by that time and then a couple other or a few other big names they were looking at trying to get was tom cruise tom hanks even Ooh. which would have been yeah. kind of interesting at that because that's before forrest gump he was still kind of you know younger i'm just trying um, to picture who would quack at mr ducksworth better yeah <laughs> That's true. Oh, and like the is last Tom choice Hanks was going to quack just as well. I don't know, man. But uh, the last choice they had on the list was uh, Michael J. Fox was also in the running. I could see Michael I, J. Fox doing a pretty good quack. I think so, because we we know. I mean, just from seeing him in Back to the Future, you know, he could be he could be a little sassy there. You know, he's got some spice. He's got some spice. He could throw it back in your face. So, anyways, I thought that was kind of fun. They uh, some of the other people they had picked for the role there. What's something else I had? Oh, there's another scene in the movie where they're practicing soft hands. And soft hands. What do they say? Um, concentration. I forget what the line is. Like concentration over strength or something like that. Right. And they're they're passing raw eggs, you know, on the ice. Is that an actual drill? Have you ever seen people really do that, or was that just no, kind of made up for the no, movie? That. No, absolutely no. Nobody's taking eggs on the ice. But again, similar to, you know, tying Goldberg to the net, it does deliver the message of, you know, soft hands, which is funny because, you know, we had that, that ice storm recently, ended up right. on the backyard with my girlfriend, and I'm literally teaching her the same lesson, like, oh, you got to cradle it, like, <laughs> soft hands. Nice. But yeah, that we didn't was use a cool any video. Eggs, so. FYI, uh, and we'll, we'll plug this at the end of the episode for where people can reach you on, uh, 
on the on the gram and whatnot but you posted yeah. a really cool video of your little tiny patio <laughs> slab that it iced over and you're out there on your gear skating on it that was that was awesome <laughs> uh, i was i was so excited about that like just building up ice in my backyard even if it was it's just a tiny concrete pad but yeah that was that was a good time i'm glad we got to do that yeah that's a kind of a once in a lifetime i mean we get we get some snow out here in the nashville area but not like you know, Not like other that. places where ponds freeze over every winter and then kids are out there skating all the time. Yeah, right. Uh, let's see. I asked you about being tied to a, to a net. Oh, yeah. I just this is something I remember. We were, I think we were talking about this at work the other day. Um, but one of the characters, the kid they call Carp, the actor Andy Schwartz. So he, he takes a puck to the head and gets knocked oh, out. Yeah. And they're just joking and laughing, you know, slapping him in the face like, you know, snap out of it. Let's go. And just in today's world you know the world that we live in now concussions are like the thing everyone's terrified of oh yeah. you know the injury to get in sports whether i mean across the board whether it's basketball football obviously but i mean hockey very violent baseball you know it's it's everywhere like you i don't think you get away with that joke these days no and i i thought the same thing and i was like oh man like this kid was like cuckoo for cocoa puffs the whole time too he was like nowhere to be found but like right. the crazy thing is, I don't going back to my vintage stuff. It's always about me though, right? But hey. um, I have the same helmet. Like I have oh, the really? same exact helmet. So like to see a big dent in it like that too, I'm like, oh Ooh. man, like I don't know, like. Oh my gosh. Like yeah, I mean they're they're carting them off. How many numbers? What was it? How many fingers am I holding up? He's like, he wouldn't be able to tell you anyways. <laughs> hey, Hilarious. Not not the smartest kid, but yeah, pick on the pick on the kid with the concussion. Yeah, right. Um, and then I love how you know that team fight that they have totally ends up bonding them and you know getting them all pumped up and. Oh right, yeah. You know, yeah. There's got to be that than, one big bonding moment. Right, classic. Um, I guess this movie was loosely based off of the Bad News Bears, uh, the original one with I think it was Walter Matthau was yeah. in it in the '70s. So it was kind of a version of that, except. I don't think, if I remember correctly, and I and I'm I'm also more remembering the Billy Bob Thornton one that they did in, mm -hmm. like either the late '90s or early 2000s, uh, the reboot of that. But it's definitely not about as much of a underdogs triumphing, you know, sports movie. It's, yeah. it's there's a lot more just straight comedy going on, and it's more about. I mean, not that this movie isn't about the coach also redeeming himself. But the other one's just just kind of straight funny. So, and this is a lot more like as a kid, you're just pumped and you want to go play hockey. Right. Yeah. Uh, no. Versus, no kids with cool dirt bikes either. So that's there's that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then here's another thing. So when the kids, when when Gordon ends up taking them, kind of as a reward for doing well and just you know trying to again keep the team growing and bonding together, he takes them to the Stars Arena and they all get to skate and that's when they meet the players. You know, have that whole experience. So my thought was, when you've skated at Bridgestone Arena, do you totally get that little little kid kind of feel sometimes? Like, oh, dude, oh my yeah. gosh! <laughs> I mean, like, like practicing with the Preds at Bridgestone is always like a treat. Just being able to skate on that ice. So you know, sometimes we'll have uh, you know men's league games out there too. And but yeah, it's it's that same little kid feeling of like, wow, this is so cool. Yeah, big. This is real deal. This is, I mean. Uh, even for like someone like myself where I've only seen these games on TV. So to go there, I mean, it's just, it's like going to church or something. I mean, it's, it's almost yeah, a religious right. experience. 
Yeah, it's crazy. But the funny part is when they're getting ready to step out there, everything like that, the, the team stepping off the ice and they're talking to Gordon Bombay and they're like, yeah, this guy was a legend in Pee Wee's. It's like, you're... <laughs> but he, he reacted the way I would have too. He's like, what, you remember me? It's like, right. yeah, this guy was a legend back in Pee Wee's. Like, oh, all right, tight. And nice. that's when he gives him the uh, the invite. He's like, if you ever want a shot at the minors, let me know. I'll get you a tryout. Right. He's like, right. Okay, sure. Since I don't have a job anymore, I guess I'll do that. Might as well. Got nothing else going on. Right. Which, by Which the way, I, I do want to bring up the fact that he did yeah. lose his job to continue to coach Pee Wee Kids. And then, you know, went to try the whole minor thing. Right. Which, yeah. I mean, and that's, that's a huge risk. That's obviously a lot of the... Uh, passion believing in what you're you're doing um but at the same time it wouldn't be the first time you saw someone with a you know massively successful career throw it away or not necessarily throw it away but just you know it's not important to them yeah true but i don't know beginning of the movie that seemed like it was very important to him so for him to yes. like that's a huge yes. you know drastic changing character which you know adds to the magic of the movie it of course the movie magic but and i gotta say and this is also the movie magic too so his boss you know is getting him to go do this you know he gets the dui and the boss is like look you're not you're not lawyering anymore you don't got any more cases <laughs> you're gonna go do community service you need to learn what it's you know learn your lesson and it's not all about you and this and that and yada 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 just really rides him hard and then the next thing you know later in the movie his boss is like hey we're going to do this dirty underhanded thing so we can win. It's just like, what the heck? Yeah. I right. Mean, <laughs> what about this lesson you were making me learn? Right. Like, what the hell, dude? Now, I guess if you look at that and like your mentor and the guy that's like giving you all this thing, you find out he's that dirty. Maybe that can inspire you to be like, it's not worth it. Yeah. True. Maybe there, maybe there's a lesson there. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. You may have paid for this Jersey, but you didn't earn it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, at which point, like the boss in real life would have been like, yeah, and I'm taking them all back. Have right. fun playing on nothing. I'm going to need those. <laughs> okay, here's another here's another real life hockey question versus the movie magic. The flying V. That's like the big play in the game. You know, they yeah. go into the duck, the duck flying V formation and they're going yeah. up. No one could stop them. Right. The, Is that for real? No. <laughs> no. Like... You can. So first of all, I was like, okay, are they going to come in off sides? Like, is this even like a legal play technically? And they did come in on sides, so I was like, okay they, okay, they at least got that part right. But yeah, I mean, like you know, the passing between their legs and everything like that. Like, not only is that tough, but also like it's super easy for someone to just like come in and break that up real quick. Like, it I, does not take much yeah. to break that up. I was thinking about that too, and I remember like as a kid. Of course, you're just so wrapped up and you're like, oh, this is amazing. They're going to do this crazy play and win. But as an adult watching, I'm just seeing that like, man, this is really slow paced hockey. Oh, like, yeah. They're, <laughs> they're That's movie magic, take, like you said. I know. They're taking their time moving up the ice, you know, slowly passing the puck. And then in the second movie, when um, they're playing Iceland, which is like the other, they're like the number one ranked team in the world, you know, and they're playing. And Iceland does exactly what you're talking about. They just crash it. Oh, yeah. They just, they just smash in there, grab the puck, and they're gone. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, and also, like, there is no defense with that. I mean, you come in right. and you break it up, and then it's like everyone is bunched up in that one area. So it's just, you know, really not not quite as effective, Right. I would think. Apparently it works in Pee Wee, so. I, hey, you know what? 
That was that was the genius of Gordon Bombay. You know, he was a legend in Pee Wee. There you have it. <laughs> so, okay, here's another question for you. So, in the movie, end of the movie, this is the this is the the, the big thing. Charlie's going out there. He's got to make the game winning shot. Um, no pressure, right? Even though Gordon's like, "Hey, man, you're you're good either way." And so he's out there. Now you did you before I say all that? Did you play a lot of goalie as a kid, or was that something you kind of did later? Yeah, I mean, pretty much after my first year of playing hockey, I I started out as a player just like everybody else, and then I, not even a year after that, I went right to playing goalie. So yeah, most of the time was just playing goalie. Okay, so in this scenario, as a kid, because I know every kid does this, either when you're by yourself or whatever, you you're replaying either real famous, uh, you know, famous real life sports moments in history, whether it's hitting the home run or you know you know, throwing the winning touchdown or, or like this, scoring the winning goal. As a kid, as little Dustin, are you Charlie going in there to score or are you that goalie who's stopping the game winning, you know, sending it to overtime? So I obviously couldn't shoot on myself. <laughs> right. So, and like just being a weirdo kid standing in front of a net and just flop around in his driveway is a little strange. But um, it was it was kind of a little bit of both where like, you know, I was coming in, making moves and like scoring the game winner. But at the same time, I was also like the player coming in, making moves, and then like shooting, and also it's like, oh, big save. (laughs) (laughs) Just pretending that I was shooting on myself. Nice. Nice. All right. I got a couple other little things here, and then we'll uh, kind of head to wrapping it up. So I didn't realize this, because a lot of times when they film movies, they're not necessarily filming in the time of year that the movie takes place in. Um, you know, is it really that cold where they're filming it? Is it really that oh, hot right. where they're filming it? You know, because it's just more of what's more conducive for filming or for making the movie. They were filming this in Minnesota in the wintertime with like minus 50 degree wind chill. Oof. It's cold. It's freaking cold out there. Oof. And apparently when Bombay is kissing Charlie's mom, like at the end of the movie there, their mm. lips actually froze together. Oh, no way. <laughs> oh, my God. And, like, the makeup lady had to go over there, like, warm water and, like, pour it on their lips to, like, break <laughs> the <laughs> You're talking the about ice. the end scene where he's, like, getting on the bus and, like... Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that was, like, the big kiss. All the kids were, like, ooh. Mm, right. And they literally, like, are almost ripped wow. their lips apart. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see. Oh, and then I, this, I always love this. Like I, not that I hate a good sequel, but it seems like these days, every show that comes out, every movie that comes out, they always build like a trap door into the ending for a sequel. Of course. If, if they don't blatantly leave it open for a sequel and this movie, there was no intention of there being a sequel. They literally was like, this is just how it's going to end. He's just going to go gonna play in the minors, and uh, he's going to play in the minors, and he's going to he's going to come back for Pee Wee hockey to coach next year. That's right. It. And then it blew up, and you know, huge. Well, basically, huge success, and uh, you know, they cranked out two more movies. You're right, and then they're going to the Olympics, and uh, right, the rest is history. The rest is history. So, uh, you have any final thoughts before we get into our little rating system here? Um. I- not really. I think I just would like to say how creepy Charlie was the entire time trying to like <laughs> pimp his mom out. Like uh, how many times is he like, uh-huh. Like, what do you think coach? Just, uh, right. Just, why don't you go on and get in there? Uh, that is, that is kind of gross. Weirdo. Weirdo guess, kid. Weirdo kid. Yeah. His you heart know, was in the right like place though. His heart true, was in the right place. True. Right. I guess that's kids for you. <laughs> so, okay. So, um, what we do here on the show, we rate these movies in four categories. 
The first one being the level of impact success it had when it released. Uh, the second category, how relevant relevant is it today? And we all we've been kind of going back and forth recently on these on some of the recent shows. Relevant is a little tricky of a word. Is this pop culture? Is this film history we're talking about or film culture? Right. In this particular interest in, uh, instance, this is a sports film. How is this relevant in that regard? Personal enjoyment is a third category. And then the fourth one is kind of our made up category. Is this a midnight watch where if this movie comes on at night, are you going to sit up and watch it, finish it or, <laughs> you know, it is going to shut her down or you're going to shut her down. And it doesn't mean you don't like the movie, but to just, you know, just yeah. where does that fall in there for you? All right. And then we use a letter grade in each category. So I'll go ahead and start it off. As far as the level of impact and success it had when it was released, I have to give it an A. Uh, when you look at the money it made off the budget, and uh, which was pretty good. I mean, almost. I mean, if you're going off of that ten thousand or sorry, ten million dollar budget to go to fifty, I mean, if it makes five times its amount of money, or even at fourteen, that's pretty dang good. That sounds and then successful. The fact Yes. And then the <laughs> fact that when it released on VHS, it made even a little more than the total box office. I mean, that's right. that's got to be huge. Yeah. And I just remember as a kid, this was like the movie. I remember being at my friend's house for a sleepover. First time I watched it and it was just, you know, amazing. Like, how do you go to sleep after watching a movie like this? Dude, no, not a chance. Not a chance. And just for that reason alone, like I would also give it an A because I think I think what it did for the sport of hockey Moving forward from that moment was so huge. I mean, obviously, it had a huge lasting impact on me as well. So, uh, yeah, right. I, I'll give it an A in that one. Awesome. And that leads us into number two, how relevant, relevant is it today? Like you said, the fact that it spawned a franchise, an actual yeah. NHL franchise from this movie and, of course, the sequels and you know other film stuff. But, you know, this franchise that went on and in the last you know few years has been a kind of a powerhouse team. Right, yeah. They I they actually just released a jersey this year. Every team has like the reverse retro and it's kind of a callback to like, you know, their their roots, I guess. And the right. Mighty Ducks, well the Ducks have it's like the animated duck logo that oh. they had for a little bit. Yeah. So like definitely going back to their Mighty Ducks roots. Very cool. So yeah, I I mean, I am a sports fan. Hockey's not my favorite sport, but I do like it a lot. And I just, I feel like it's still kind of an A when it comes to the relevance in, 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 as a sports film and in kind of sports history and the impact it has today. I've, I feel like it's somewhere around an A personally. How about yeah, you? Yeah, A. Absolutely A. Easy answer there. Okay, uh, moving on to enjoyment. I give this one, I give it a solid B. Like I said earlier, Sandlot that came out a year later, that's an A for me. Like that was my movie, but this one's oh, yeah. a B. I'm I'm gonna say it's an A, of course, but awesome. you know this is also one of those movies Kinda that makes like, sense. Yeah, I I <laughs> forgot how much I loved it, you know, as a kid. So watching it as an adult, I was like, yo, yes, this is awesome. Totally brought you back. Okay, so here I forgot I got to bring Jeremy in on this his ratings uh, that he oh, texted yeah, me yeah. before we started. So this is this is always fun. Now we last year we did Hook, the Robin Great Williams movie, movie. and. Uh, we had um, our buddy Jake on the show, and I had my girls on the show, and we all loved that movie. Like, all yeah. all four of us were just, you know, nothing but good things. Then my brother, he couldn't be on that show that time, and so he ends up sending some notes in. He hated it. Like, oh he didn't like it God. at all. <laughs> the one show so we he should have been just, on to contradict everything you guys were oh, saying. Oh, yeah. I know. It was awesome. So, anyways, I had not looked at Jeremy's ratings for this one. I'm looking at it now. So, for... 
uh, relevance when it came out. He uh, he said it was definitely a hit. So you know, an A. And then today he actually gives it a C. He says because the new show is coming out. Yeah, actually, that does kind of drop the relevance down a little bit, I guess. There's that. And then for personal enjoyment, he gives it a C plus for nostalgia and lighthearted moments. So I think we're that's fair. Uh, a, B, and C right there. Yeah. And uh, okay, now I'm going to jump back to my pick for the Midnight Watch. So I'm not going to give it. I'm not going to. I'm not going to give a definitive answer on this because. And this happens to me in a lot of movies. Yes, there are some movies that are a definite midnight watch because I will watch it at any point in the movie. I can't say that this is not a midnight watch because there's definitely certain scenes that are going to come on. And, you know, if it's the end of the movie, you know, or if that final game against the Hawks, I mean, I definitely want to watch that. Right. Um, if it's that whole scene, like, where they're recruiting Fulton to, to be the slap shot specialist, you know, like, I got to watch that. So... I don't know, man. I got to give it a half of a midnight watch because depending on the scene, I'm watching the scene and then I'll probably shut it off and go to bed. <laughs> right. Yeah. If it catches me in the right spot, I'm definitely watching the whole thing. But if it's from the very beginning to the end of the movie and it's I'm going to say, no, it's not a midnight watch. I'm going to watch the opening scene where Charlie misses right. the shot or um, Bombay misses the shot. And then I'm going to go right. to bed saying quarter of an inch, Charlie, quarter of an inch. And then I'm going to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So there you have it, folks. Uh, we all definitely enjoyed this movie and uh, not quite a midnight watch, but still. If you've not seen this movie, please go watch it. Okay, man, uh, this, is, this is the big moment. I need you to plug yourself. Let's oh, get the uh, big moment. The big moment. The big plug. Where can, uh, where can the people find you on social media? So Instagram, it's dembones underscore dembones. Uh, just a bunch of goalie pictures and a lot of goalie-specific things, just like a lot of things I do. And then, of course, like you said, YouTube, it's Bonesy TV. And um, yeah, I actually got a video coming out tomorrow, which Sweet. I guess when this comes out won't be tomorrow. But um, yeah, it'll yeah be a I got a bunch ago. of fun stuff coming down for, for Bonesy TV. That's been uh, kind of a fun project for me. Awesome. And then I did notice with uh, Tennessee Hockey Company, you just started repping their tenders sub i want to say label but sub brand yeah that's probably the word yeah so they just released tenders trademark which is kind of more specific with goalies and uh you know it's right down my alley so good stuff cool so go check it out yeah all that great stuff man it is awesome to have you on love talking about this with you it was really hard seeing you earlier <laughs> Uh, and not talking about this. Save it. I know, Save right? It the podcast. Save it. Don't talk about it. Yeah, no, I'm glad to finally get on here. I know we've been talking about it for a while, but uh, yeah, hopefully we can do it again sometime. Absolutely, man. This was a total blast. So, all right, there you have it, folks. This has been uh, Josh and Dustin Bones Smith. So, uh, <laughs> cool, man. We'll catch you later. Yeah, take it easy, guys. Okay, everyone, you have a fantastic week. And as always, Keep up the watch.